All right, take two. Take two, we're back. We're back. Your Realtors for Life podcast. We just had a little mic mishap here. Um, uh, Joe forgot to hit Joe forgot record. to hit record. Um, but we're back. We're back with a vengeance. I think episode five, episode six. Here's Jill on our team. Jill Wingler again. Wingler. Um, welcome. Thank you. Yes. You're welcome again. <laughs> Thanks for having me. These are the perils of technology. Um, really quickly, she's the worst guest. Sorry, Martin. Yeah. Sorry, Krista. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All the, all the things that we tried to say before. No, we only got like a minute into it and then Jill realized he's an idiot. Yeah. Um, I was just saying that Jill and I just did AM800 last week, I think it was, with uh, Scott Dillingham at Lens City. So we're all pros in front of the mics now. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Were you were you nervous to hear yourself on? on I was. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. I this was. is a format that um, obviously is is a lot more used in today's day and age now, and I think uh, more it's important. It's a, yeah. It's important for us to get out there and 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 speak like this because a lot of people just see what we post on social media, our photos, and a photo of you. And this is kind of and a, a well thought out edited blurb that we sit and type <laughs> out. Yeah, this is a yeah. deep dive into um, the business and and our thoughts and who we are, and hopefully people get some value out of that. But I think it's important for us. No to editing, sit and... no overdubs. That's right. If we yeah. make a mistake and say something stupid, everyone gets to hear it. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe a bit of editing, unless you hit don't hit record, then no one hears anything. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But we were just, before we, we got on this, we were just chatting about, um, like, living all over the country and family and stuff. And I think that's stuff that a lot of people can relate to. Because, Jill, you were <laughs> not in this business at all. No. Jill, Jill arguably could have been a foster child. Like, if you, if you didn't know better, she's lived in 15 different houses in only 30-some-odd years. So, <laughs> literally, every other year of her life, she's moved. She... Yeah. She's been fostered around. <laughs> Where okay, so what you were a teacher right before this, right? I want to yeah. go all the way back. I think it'd be funny to to go back and talk about what we all did as jobs because I know Joe. I know you have some hilarious jobs that yeah. you've done in the past before this. Shameless before and, and shameless. And, and I've got some good ones too. But Jill, like, so you you were a teacher. You were like a career teacher yeah. before this, yeah. right? Yeah. So yeah. boring. For... Almost 10 years. 10 years yeah. in teaching. Did you love it? or I like, did. I did. You did love I it? I did love it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I kind of, I wanted to be that for a long time. I actually taught my youngest sister when she was in grade six, when I was in grade 12, doing my like co-op. Oh. We were doing those classes. That's weird. Yeah. So. Did she love um, that or did she, was she like? I think she thought it was pretty cool. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Maybe she told you. <laughs> maybe. She thought it was cool. <laughs> but you taught out in... Vancouver. Vancouver first yeah once I graduated I, I moved out to Vancouver and taught at a private school in West Van never yeah. been still mm-hmm. never been oh it's gorgeous you haven't been to no. Vancouver mm-hmm. or the island no oh no, no. might be might be one of my favorite places in the world yeah. the island my yeah. sister's going to school there I think next that's, year Olivia. Yeah, yeah that's a place to go that's <laughs> a, that's a place I can see memories in your that's mind a, <laughs> no it's good it's good um so you were a teacher for 10 years. That's crazy. What, why did you leave that profession? Uh, moving. <laughs> moving. We, when we went to like move back to Ontario, um, finally got a job. We moved to London, Ontario, and I got a job in working for the school board there, uh, Thames Valley. And it takes time to get seniority and mm. your full-time position. So, um, 
kindergarten, grade four. Which one did you like better? Did a lot of supply work. And did you like JK better? Um, no, I liked them all. Mm-hmm. I don't know. And being part of like my dad, my dad's a, my dad was a teacher. My dad's been retired yeah. for a while now, but he taught in the elementary schools yeah. as well. So he he's got some um, opinions on which grades he likes to teach mm-hmm. more because it, it's all different. He ended up spending a lot of his career teaching like the seventh grade and the eighth grade, which is really tough because those are the kids that are like they're kind of just ready to go. Mm-hmm. Like they're ready to be not in elementary school anymore, so they get this bit of an ego Mm because they're like they're the kings of the school right before it's broken in grade nine yeah and they're starting to get that attitude because they're 12 years old some of them maybe even 13 years old at that point and uh, so i think his favorite grades to teach were like five six because the kids are really starting to get like more mental capacity they can work through things they can reason things more Mm -hmm. but they're still kind of humble yeah right yeah did you find that yeah absolutely yeah Yeah. and and then the the younger ones they just there are a lot of it's a lot of like, social, emotional yeah, stuff yeah, happening yeah. with the, with the little ones, right? So it's 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 fun. It's just very different. How do you think that's differing now? Because these kids aren't even having an opportunity to do a lot of the social stuff anymore with know. COVID. I don't mm-hmm. know. I think about it all the time. I wish I was a fly on the wall in my kids' classroom right now. Yeah. Just to know like how they're interacting and what they're doing. Because I know for a while, like they were sending uh, pictures home of my kids and they're sitting at a desk with their mask on and they've got like a tray so Lila would be able to bring back the toys play with that but then she had to bring the tray back and it had to be sanitized for like another kid got to, and like yeah. it's not the same where you so got to just like go to the block center my, or the dramatic play center and be together my mom's got an interesting teaching job because she does the art teaching right but she's got to change her like mentality of who she's teaching every other hour because she'll go from four year olds to seven year olds to ten year olds all the way up to people in their 50s 60s 70s right so she's always like switch having to switch the classroom up from cater to the younger to the older and when they COVID had hit they went over to zoom and they were doing the art classes over zoom and what we found was when she would um she would put everybody in one big zoom room and everybody would just shut their screens off and just paint alone at home and we're like well what's the point of being on zoom if everyone's just shutting their mic off and painting alone anyways And what we found worked was when she put them into their own rooms with their own group of friends. So like, let's say there was like four girls that would usually sit together in the classroom. She would separate them off into their own room and instantly their cameras come back on. They start socializing and you start to realize how much kids just miss that socializing. And when they're on Zoom, people are like, well, they're socializing, but they're not because they don't want they don't want to say something to their friend in front of 30 other people. Right. Mm -hmm. And those rooms we found, it started to like bring out that. I don't think it's even just them missing it. I think they need it. Absolutely. Like kids don't even realize how much they they come out of their shell and they thrive when they've got other kids around and that social activity happening. And so, yeah, that's going to be I think we're going to see some of the effects of kids in their like first development stages in these in these school years they're they're missing something big time right now i got some covid babies but yeah Yeah. i think so there's going to be a covid effect i think as some of these kids all the teachers right now that are trying so hard to make sense and do what the best they can with what they're allowed to do yeah i i've almost like I thought to myself, I'm glad. You feel like you dodged a bullet? Like, yeah. yeah. I don't have to do that because I don't know. I, yeah. I'm a, that's hard. That's yeah, hard. It's... And, it, and it's a, it would be taxing because you just, you want to give these kids the very best 
and you're trying to create a classroom, the classroom environment to to give them all the tools. And mm. when you're restricted in so many ways, like well, what about the unknowns of being shut down again and things like that during those times? Because they would have to come up with a like a criteria of things to work on if they were in class, but then they'd have to have like a backup criteria to have for when they're out of class um, on Zoom. So they're you probably are doing double the workload, getting stuff ready that you may not ever end up using. Yeah. 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 And I, most teachers love teaching just because they love being around people and kids and things. And, and you're sitting in a class and like my daughter's Same doing screen. junior kindergarten um, classes online, which I thought would have been close to impossible, but it actually worked. But you see the teacher like singing songs and dancing in her living room by herself. And that's awkward and weird. And it's just not natural. I have, a friend, I have a friend that is a... Uh... Uh, supply teacher him and his wife are both supply teachers and he sends hilarious <laughs> videos and like like instagram stories and stuff to us all the time where he's like teaching a grade one class and he's like well this is my day today and he's like up in front of the camera like <laughs> dancing like this and all the kids are dancing in their little squares <laughs> oh my God. it's not like that now but that was what it was like um when he was doing all the virtual mm-hmm. imagine being a supply teacher um like a substitute teacher during this because he was telling me like they don't even give you half the teachers don't even give you anything you don't even know what you're walking into just all Mm -hmm. of a sudden you've got 20 squares Mm -hmm. of Mm -hmm. you know grade one grade two kids all popped up in your camera you're like what do i do now Mm -hmm. like i can't even do the things that i would normally do with these kids it's all adaptation you dance we all had to you so you dance yeah (laughs) um Wow, so that's a big thing. You being a teacher, what did you do before teaching? What are some other yeah, jobs? Yeah, she went had? right. To, she went to the most professional, yeah. like, respectful <laughs> right. one. Like that's not what we want to. Hear. I want to know yeah. some uh, of the things, nope. that, jobs no. that you had before. I was that. A, uh, a a cashier yeah. at Foodland. That was my first job. Ooh, um, yeah, exciting, it was. <laughs> and then uh, retail. You went through retail. Yeah. See, that's a that's a common. Like I did too, yeah. and I think when. Um, because that's, I mean, it's sales, yeah, right? It's it's entry into the sales profession. Yeah. But I think it's working with people. It's working with, with selling product. Yeah. It's working. So I think being a realtor, like was, there's a natural fun. progression to this job that we all take a bunch of different routes to it. But I find a, a, a common trait for a lot of like successful realtors out there is they worked a lot of different jobs in different fields and they have a very wide... Um, range of skill sets yeah. that they've learned throughout. Yeah, I mean, we had talked in one of the podcasts about you um, serving and on the side doing the touring and, and just learning and traveling and the teamwork with the band and then doing the serving and learning that customer service and, mm-hmm. and yeah. the speed of things and the multitasking. Like, it, I mean, it, I know that can go for a lot of jobs, but um, it does seem to be a very common thing with realtors. Yep. There's a, a rapport that you have to have with people to do any of those jobs well Mm -hmm. and that's the same in this job this job isn't just about smashing a house down someone's throat Mm -hmm. right like this Mm -hmm. job is about cultivating a relationship with people and being on the same page mentally and and um just day in and day out with the clients that you that you have that's the most important part of this job if you can't do that then you're in the wrong business but yeah, I, 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 my first job was Walmart, <laughs> and and I wa- I wanted so badly I can't to be. You at I, yeah, I I wanted so badly to be in the electronics department, like because that's cool. That was just the cool part. That was part, a cool part, part of Walmart. Selling walk Walkmans. Yeah, man, and like and that was 
Jeez, oh, when uh, would have been 1990? Looking for a CD rack. Eight. 1998, I think. Maybe 99 was my first job. So yeah, it was like old boom boxes. CD and like, cleaners. Oh yeah, yeah. Remember the spray, and you had to like and, wipe the CDs. Oh yeah, to clean them. yeah. Um, but so, so but but I didn't get electronics. I didn't. I wanted it, but I didn't get it. They they put me. They were like, well, we don't have any openings in uh, electronics, but we can put you in household chemicals. No. <laughs> so I was like, okay. And then, so they take you to these like three aisles, and they're like, your job is to keep the Clorox stocked and faced. And that's just your whole job all day. It's going to come back one day. <laughs> yeah. But so, but then I did that. I was like, but every single shift I was like, but when there's an opening in electronics, right? So then I started like slowly getting my way in there. And then eventually I got moved to that. And it was honestly, it was, it was a cool job because you get to work with other people. You're, you're, you're in there with like two or three other people. It's like its own store. Like mm-hmm. a Walmart's electronics section is like a store within a store. It's like a mini Best Buy mm-hmm. yeah. basically. Right. So I did that for my first job for a while, and then literally I went, um, I went right into making money doing music. Yeah. Like right after that, I joined like a sort of a more musical oriented group in um, Saskatchewan. Where'd you serve? Um, well, I did. Yeah, I I did that. I didn't start doing that until I was twenty um, or twenty one. When I I t- see, I got into a group. Uh, that toured all over Canada and some of the northern states for like three years. And we traveled for like oh God, like 10, 11 months out of the year. I counted once with that with that group. I did um, I did like over 1500 shows in that three year period. Wow. Yeah. And I made my that was my job. My job was to do that. I made money doing it. And we traveled constantly living out of a suitcase. And it was really cool. Um, But then just after a while, you just can't. Um, Yeah, let's. I just want to hear some of the jobs that you've had before you got into this. Because your jobs are arguably the the most enjoyable ones to talk about. Yeah. So I... (laughs) On my way home from school in like grade five or six, I would stop at a lawyer's office and I'd go cubicle to cubicle picking up his garbage. Grade seven, my, I wanted an Xbox. My mom and dad wouldn't get me one. So I, mm. I applied at uh, Little Caesars and I was their sign shaker out on the road. <laughs> I literally did the sign shake. I got spit on. I just saw one of those guys today. They're still doing it. That's still a job. Oh right? yeah. So me and my buddies would go out there and one of my buddies got like kind of jumped or roughed up by like some mm. of the high school kids at Kennedy. Uh, so they brought us on as like backup and they'd have like a couple like grade seven. So we were 12 years old. We weren't even legally allowed to work. Eventually, I think we got let go because of that. Um, but we would work different corners and they gave us walkie talkies to like communicate with each other. <laughs> and then I went from like that to Tim Hortons. I was a, I was a, uh, a baker at Tim Hortons making the donuts, Chuck E. Cheese, Starbucks. <laughs> Chuck E. Cheese. Wait, t- wait, yeah, wait, no, no, wait, no, 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 wait, wait, okay. What job did you have at Chuck E. Cheese? I had a couple different jobs, but I was Chuck E. <laughs> is yeah. that what you're getting at? Yes. Yeah. You, I put on the... I you put were on, not just working at Chuck E. Cheese. The, you were Chuck E. Cheese. Chuck E. Cheese. cheese. So they actually have a designated room where you walk in and it's a change room. And it's probably the size of this room. 
and it's got the Chucky head on the wall, and it's got the body. Sorry, kids, he's he's not real. Um, and yeah, and it's just awkward. You go up, and the kids are running around chasing you. And I remember just playing basketball like you see on the commercial in the Chuck E. Cheese commercials. Um, but I, it was a cool job because I worked a lot of the times during the day when kids were in school. So I would just get like a bunch of tokens and play games. And there was one game called Gorilla Grip and you had to hang on to these gorilla hands and it started to vibrate so hard that you would like, your hands would just naturally let go. And it was whoever could hold on to the gorilla the longest. Oh, it was fun. I liked it. Um, and then Starbucks, Best Buy, PetSmart, stocking shelves at like five in the morning. Shout out to Chelsea, my wife, who drove me there at four in the morning. <laughs> Um, Sutherland doing uh, calls. calls at the call center. Um, I DJed weddings. Um, all over the place. Over the place. Yeah. I, th I think there was even more than that. I, I just lose count. Yeah. And then you just ended up in, in I think when estate. I went to the wedding show, when I was getting married, you were running a DJ booth. Mm -hmm. There was a point where I was running a real estate booth and had a DJ booth at the wedding show. I had like two different booths going. Yeah, I've done, you know... I've often thought about having something at wedding shows, like because I play, right? Yeah. Like I've I've done weddings, lots of weddings here and there. Pays well. Yeah, just being able to do like the cocktail hours, or you uh, know, I've played I've played people down the aisle. I've played people's first dances. I've played. So I would offer cocktail hours. I would and... offer background music because <clears throat> I'd play the piano. Yeah. And but I didn't want to have to learn someone's song and have the responsibility of like screwing up someone's Oh, it's a big it's a big deal, man. Oh. Or like walking down the aisle. So what it's I It's the, the most nerve-wracking thing. The only thing I would offer in my package was piano at cocktail hour because it's just background music. Background music. You can yeah. you can just make up stuff as you go. Piano that's all you're doing for the whole time. And that's the only thing I would offer. I played a, I played a wedding of uh a, a friends of my wife and I um they weren't like super close friends of ours, but we, we'd known them through other people. And, uh, she like, she was like, I want you to play our first dance and it needs to be this song. And then I want you to play like in the, um, in the hall, like the church or the hall as everyone's coming in. And then I want you to play me down the aisle. But she gave me like no reference of mm -hmm. when things were supposed to really be happening and the timing of everything. So that was the most nerve wracking thing I've ever done because like I, like I could it's see, a lot of pressure. I, yeah, I could see it was all glass walls and I could see them walking, like start to walk down. And I'm like, do I start playing the song now? And like, but I, and somehow, somehow I ended up timing the, her song of her walking down the aisle so perfectly that when she got to the door and it opened, it got to like the chorus of the song. That's she was awesome. like in tears when oh, she heard does. it. So. I had some embarrassing. It worked out. Yeah. I had some embarrassing moments when I was DJing. I'd like put a song on and I'd run to the bathroom and think I have more time than I did, and I'd be like midstream, and I would just, <laughs> I would just, I would just hear the music stop. Uh oh. And I'm like, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. I'm like, so you're hurry up, to hurry like... up, hurry up. <laughs> and I'd get out there and. There's nothing more awkward than coming out of the bathroom and having the entire room looking at the bathroom like you, like you get you screwed up. <laughs> and the worst was I was at one in like Woodsley in the small little hall and there's like kids dancing and I put on a Enrique Iglesias song, but I accidentally before I went to get the washroom played the explicit version. <laughs> and I went to the washroom using the washroom and the music stops mid song. I was like, okay, so I go out. And the dad's like, that happens again, you're out of here. 
Whoa. And because it was just like F bomb, F bomb, F bomb, F bomb. And the dad went up and actually shut it off. And I felt so bad. It was really, really awkward. But the worst part about that whole job is you'll never please anybody. So you'll be playing yeah. someone, someone's like, I want country music. And you play the country music, and everyone's like, Why are you playing country music? And no matter what you're playing, there's someone songs, happy. Too many fast songs. Do you feel like. Yeah. When was that? That was a while ago, obviously, right? 2011 to about 14. Do, do you feel like that would have been like received even worse nowadays? Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Well, then they would say, I want my, like, my money. Yeah, I feel like we're now. in a day and age now where, unfortunately, people take things to a whole another realm of depends on the person seriousness that's true it definitely does but there's 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 definitely less i think that you whereas back in 2011 you were like oh what a silly mistake ha 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 funny story to talk about 10 Mm -hmm. years from now but like if that was if that happened this year yeah you might have somebody like like bringing a lawsuit against you for the for the the emotional damage that you caused well, now children. there's reviews on Facebook and Instagram. And yeah, all that's things. a big and difference too. 2011, it was only a couple years old, so I didn't have a lot of that social media advertising. Yeah, yeah. It yeah. was just word of mouth. It was fun though. I yeah. liked it. We're, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's great. That's great. It got it got old in the end when you're busy doing other things like real estate because you're the first one to show up, the last one to leave. There is a lot of pressure, but once you get good at it, just like with music, mm-hmm. even though you get the pressures there. Um, you get free food, drinks, you're hanging out with people, playing music. I mean, it's not the worst job. No, it's not. No, it was fun. I'd do it again. I want to see you get out there and just have like a Your Realtors for Life DJ booth <laughs> <laughs> set up. Oh my God. Selling houses and spinning discs. Shot, shot. When, when we're allowed, we should have a, like a party for all of our clients and you should DJ at the party. So uh, Jill, Jill, yeah. Jill knew me, but there was a time between when she knew me to real estate there's like a gray area there where she didn't know me when you were in vancouver and all that and there was a time where i went from the three-leaf clover in the poncho to still probably a poncho but i had a room in my mom and dad's house next door to their house and upstairs i had like a studio where i'd have local artists come and record i had a little sound booth and stuff but it was like the pre-game spot for us and our friends and we would have like a fisher price kids table in the middle of the room just like filled with beers and um we would have because my i had all the dj stuff and i'm such an idiot i would have like fog machines going off with lasers (laughs) shooting through the rooms and music playing and i'm looking back at myself now like that's silly silly stuff is it recording oh yeah yeah um yeah man it was uh if if you thought i was obnoxious then you <laughs> wouldn't have liked me much a year or two after that even but i still had fun and i wouldn't trade it oh these yeah. are funny things to talk about yeah. now you know but it's just little things that people don't maybe they see you now and they don't know any of this stuff about mm-hmm. you and it's mm-hmm. fun to talk about that stuff jill and i were just talking about um traveling with kids i don't have any kids yet or <laughs> i'm on i'm on that that track now that's that's probably next in life but i'm a big traveler we travel all the time i love seeing new places in the world and stuff um but that's gonna come to an abrupt slow down no no matter how well jill plans her travel trip she will find a way to wreak havoc and chaos (laughs) in the trip like 
oh how's the trip going oh you know like the ferry we were on burned down and <laughs> we had to move hotels because there was an outbreak of ticks and like I, I don't know it's just the most random stuff that happens to you and be like oh yeah both my kids got pneumonia it was a great time yeah so your kids are how, how old now five and seven five and seven so yeah. there's you're starting to you were just saying you're starting to get to that point where maybe you can you know they travel yeah you can travel without well, them true yeah yeah that's a <laughs> and big take them places, that's a big thing easier. that's a yeah. big thing yep. you need to be able to do that that's a recharge that yeah. that you don't get even i mean even the other day like just you know where you were talking about how like especially during covid like you and and eric you're working from home and there's just no time to yourself. You just yeah. have no never time because the kids never. Because the kids, never you know, the kids. You're, you're up. You're feeding the kids. You're, you're dressing them. You're taking them to the bus. You know, then you then you've got a window of time where you can do. Oh, and taking them to the bus is great, actually. I, <laughs> yeah, that's like, I right now. This is great. Before it was um, setting them up on their computers yeah, and then helping yeah. them through that. That that was. And then before that, they that didn't t- they didn't take the bus. You would walk them like kilometers to get or to school or drive. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and then so just every little morsel of time that you have where you can breathe a little bit. You know, so it's important, I think, for you yeah. to be able to get away. But she got a pool this year. She's like, oh, poor me. I got to be home. I got to work from home in my pool. Yeah. Well, oh, that sucks. It is beautiful. Yes, it is. She's it's very nice. We swam in it yesterday. Very nice. Oh, my God. What is October it? October 20th? 20th? October 20th. So, we were so all we, I came. I went open the back door. Uh, it was probably yesterday, the day before. And Nora goes, Daddy, what's, what's all that stuff coming out of the pool? It was steam. And I said, that's money, honey. <laughs> that's, just, that's just money pouring out that's of the pool because we're not even using it that much and it's just steaming in the morning i'm like yep yeah, that's just my bills going up and up and up <laughs> Son of a... it's like it's like when i hear fireworks all around the city on all these long weekends people will be like what's that and i'll be like oh that's just the sound that's just the sound of people's paychecks blowing up in the air forty dollars sixty dollars yeah. four hours of work yeah <laughs> Yeah, these fireworks are ridiculously expensive. You get like the most half-assed display for oh, like four hundred dollars. I know, and it's they're, they're get getting it. wimpier than they used to be. I don't get they're why like, people do it. Even a Roman candle now, it's just like pew. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I don't get it. Um, and we're just like, even the kids are like, eh, like it's not fun anymore. Back to travel though. You want to? You were like talking about wanting to go to like Hawaii. Yeah. Yeah. Make it happen. I don't know if we can make it that A volcano far. will erupt while she's there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, literally the last trip that Jill, like big trip Jill went on was to Mexico and like her whole family got, this was Incredibly like. Incredibly ill. Yeah, could have been COVID. I don't, I don't even think you got more than a half a day of enjoyment out of that trip. No, no. no my came back, like they thought your kids had pneumonia and you had pneumonia and it could have been COVID easily, but this was like pre like just at the just cusp at of the that, cusp. right? Yeah. Because it was we, like the winter of 2019. We zero. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. We do. You brought it back from yeah. Mexico. The whole know. world shut down like a week after she got back. Yeah. It's like, Jill Sorry. comes back. We're all Sorry. sick. And then all of a sudden this virus is everywhere. Oh, travel's opening up again. The border, the border yeah, now. The border. We can, we can go across. On, I think it's middle of November sometime. November 8th. Well, that's what it's unofficially said on a few sites, but I don't know if that's the true okay. the true date um, yet. But yeah, it's still it's still going prohibitive. To the, going to the Wings Edmonton game in November, 
and uh, so you got to get you got to get testing to come back. Yeah, so we're we got to figure out the logistics. It sounds like if you get tested like two days before, you can use that test to come back, which it just doesn't. Make I any don't sense. understand that. I don't want to get too into it because it it's. It's no, but it's something we're talking about, especially yeah. here in yeah. Windsor, because because we're missing such a big part of why living in Windsor and area is so great. It and is so it's great. it's Detroit, and I think Detroit gets a, a really bad rap um, in the rest of the the world. A lot of the time, people look at it and they're like, "Oh, Detroit," but like if you live here and you go to Detroit and you you know you have that amenity that you get from like i love detroit i love detroit Detroit. so we've been really missing it for the last couple years and it's a big thing for us to to start to be thinking we're going to be getting it back but unfortunately canada's policies right now Mm. are making it still quite prohibitive even when they open that border the states does not require us to have uh, or it does not require fully vaccinated people to have a test to go in which is great we can cross the border but then Canada requires us to have a PCR test to come back. For now. Which, for now. But for now. They, they said they have no plans of changing that right now. So that's 100 to 200 bucks a person, right? And if you're only going over for the day, the workaround is to get a test in the three days before you go in Canada. But what does that prove? Yeah. yeah. Like, so you're proving that you don't have COVID before you go to the States and then you use that same test to come back into Canada. Mm-hmm. It makes no sense to me. No, it doesn't. Like this, the whole thing mm-hmm. has been just kind of no. really... And, and, to, and to also touch into... Off you, the cuff. You mentioned like how you miss Detroit. Michigan in general. Yeah. Michigan in general is fantastic. It's just it is. So, there's so much there. Yeah. And just access into the States in general to get anywhere around. And yeah. It's, it's just a shame. Now, it's one thing, and we were talking about this earlier, it's one thing if you're going away for a week. And while you're sure. away, you, you get the test a few days before you come back and you're fine. But if you want to just go over for a hockey game, the logistics, it's going to hurt. It's going to hurt Detroit. It's going to hurt um, the economy just to just not being able to get people back and forth. And it already has, obviously. But people aren't going to go back still the same way that they, they would have had they just opened the borders up and not required these tests. Because of these tests, I know lots of people that, even though it's open, aren't going to go. Mm-hmm. And that's hurting, that's hurting that's hurting the cross border business too, right? Because that's a lot of businesses rely on the Canadians and the Americans mm-hmm. crossing the border so and tourism dollars. My dad lives over there. Well, I haven't been to his house in two that's years. Huge. Two years. So oh ju- my god. Your husband works in the states. Yes. He travels over there what a couple days a week? Uh one. Okay. So what if you work there, do you have do you have to be required a PCR test to come back? No. No, cuz you're essential. You're deemed essential. Well, Sorry. Yeah. So, I mean, not knocking people that work there, but I mean, if you work there and you're going and socializing with people and you're essential and you're coming back or you're going over there and socializing for recreational reasons, you're still going over there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and picking and choosing who has to take tests is just getting out of hand. It's just not, there's no coordination. Really no there's no real coordinated effort happening. You know, the two countries are just seemingly making these decisions unilaterally Mm -hmm. first, and then the other country is having to respond in some way. Mm -hmm. That's what's happening, right? I think when we look back on all of this, there's going to be things that we're like, okay, you know, that made sense that we did this or that, but I think there's going to be a lot where we're like, well, that was silly, and generations are going to be like, well, that was unnecessary. I think we're living living with this thing now probably for the rest of our lives. The virus? Yep. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's here. Yeah. It's going to become endemic eventually. We're it's all going to get turn it. into another seasonal sickness that, you know, and we're doing what we can to try to curb it and 